0: Romans chapter 5 verse 8 For God commended his love towards us In that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us So it's not about what we have done Or what we will ever do It's about his love for us I can boldly tell you That it's not about what you have done It's not about what you are doing It's not about what you will ever do God loves you And you need to realize that because he loves you He will not lead you in what you are going through you know, everybody, you know, to this morning service, I believe you're ready at your side, ready with your Bibles. Come on, if you're ready, type on the screen, I'm ready. Type it on the screen. I need to see. I need to read from you. You know, type it on the screen. I'm ready. My Bible is set. I am ready for the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you once again, everybody. I cannot mention everybody's name. I say, Pastor Kenya Atitibi, thank you for joining us uh, in this morning service. And every other person that I may not see that... You know, uh, maybe Facebook is not showing me your name, but you are out there. You're already watching. Thank you. We appreciate you. And for all those that will watch this video again, I thank you. Oh my God, my brother, my friend, just join Pastor Yemi aluludu Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Yemi. I mean, I'm, I, I just get excited every time that I preach, and I know that you're out there, you know, watching this with us. God bless you, man of God. So so grateful. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I love you so much sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Um if your bible is ready, come on I like that Pastor Yemi. Let's go. If your bible is ready, there we are ready in Galatians chapter 5 and we're starting from verse 1. Now, I will tell us what is important, what is very important that we must not miss, you know, and um said to us two things before we dive into the word, two things. You know, we're doing this Basically, because it's important that we study the Word of God in context. I've told us that the reason why it looks as if there's a lot of division within the body of Christ is because people don't read the Bible in context. Pastors, preachers, bishops, evangelists, you know, don't read the Word of God in context. And so, because it's not being read in context, and, you know, people just cherry-pick the verse, you know, that they like, You know, there's a likelihood that you will interpret that particular scripture the way you feel. But when you read the word of God in context, you will understand, I mean, you will be able to comprehend because, you know, for example, the book of Galatians is a letter that was written by Paul to the Galatian church. In other words, I I want your imagination to follow me. In other words, what happened was that Paul picked a paper, you know, and he picked a pen, you know, those days I'm sure it must be maybe uh, feathers of of chicken or whatever, you know, and ink, and he began to write a letter you know, from himself, you know, to the Galatian church as inspired by the Holy Ghost. So we should not forget that these men wrote, because it's already confirmed in scripture, that the men of old wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. So it was not what they thought that they were writing down. It were writing as they were inspired by the Spirit of God. So he picked up his pen and he wrote a letter from the beginning to the end. So if you're going to understand the content of that letter, you will not start from the middle. You will not start, you know, uh, from anywhere. You have to start from the beginning, which is the introduction, go to the body, and down to the conclusion, for you to have a full comprehension. Of what the Spirit of God is saying, you know, to you, glory to God. Then another thing I want us to understand again, you know, uh, about this series that we're running, especially if you're joining us, you know, for the first time, is that the original scrolls of the Bible, the original letters of the Bible, were not written in chapters and in verses. I just said that to us earlier that they were letters written. So when Paul was writing, he was not writing Galatians chapter one, verse one, verse two, verse three. Then he got to the end and maybe he paused for the first day and say. I will continue tomorrow that was not how he wrote it glory to God he wrote a letter but you will ask why is my Bible in chapters and in verses they are in chapters and in verses for reference purposes glory to God just like we're about to read now I can tell you that you should turn your Bibles where you are to Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 because that's where we're going to start from but you see if I just if imagine the Bible the book of Galatians was not in chapter and in verses and I just say stand fast therefore in liberty I mean, you'll be wondering, where is he reading from? It may take you a while to get to pinpoint where exactly I'm reading from. So, that's the reason why we have the Bible in chapters and in verses. I hope you understand that. So, if you understand that now, what we're going to do is that we're going to read from verse 30 of chapter 4 into chapter 5 because they were not... You know, segregated, they were not, you know, in segments. Glory to God when they were written to us. Hallelujah. So let's go now from verse 30. He said, Nevertheless, what said the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the bond, of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now, towards the end of chapter four, come on. I need you to go back and watch all the previous chapters. It, you know, before. It, finished chapter 4 he was talking about the two sons of Abraham he was talking about Isaac and he was talking about Ishmael that Isaac was born of a free woman but Ishmael was born of a bond woman then he began to explain to us that you see the son of the bond woman is and was always upon the son of the free woman he said it even happens up until now that's why we have the jihadists. You have you know uh, the Osama's you have you know the the the, the, the Al-Qaeda's you have you know the Boko Haram uh, you know, all of that they are out there especially against Christians because they came from that lineage he said so their and it's he, he, confounding scripture so he began to tell us that see the promise made to Abraham was not to the son of the bondwoman but to the son of the free woman so he was trying to establish to us that we are not the son of the bondwoman we are the son of of the free woman, glory to God. I hope you understand that. So, uh, let me read it again so that we now move into verse 5. I in mean, chapter 5. He said, Nevertheless, from verse 30, verse 4 again, chapter 4 again, he said, Nevertheless, what said the scripture? Ah, cast out the bond woman. You remember the story God told Abraham? He said, Obey the voice of your wife, send Ishmael and her mother out of your house. For the promise that I've made to you is not to her and her son, it was to Isaac. Hallelujah. So, he said, Cast out Born woman, a son for the son of the born woman shall not be heir. That means the son of the born woman will not be an heir with the son of the free woman. He said, So, bread breaded, we are not the children of the born woman, but we are of the free. Then in verse 5, he now says, Stand fast, therefore, in liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Can you see that now. I will want you, you know, if you're holding, uh, um, uh, I don't know who's going to help me. or maybe brought Emma Pastor Kenny, or somebody uh, as I'm flowing. I want you to begin to pick those scriptures and begin to put them on the screen for me from the Amplified and the Message Translation. Now, Paul says, Stand fast in liberty, wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, when you read this particular text you know from the king james you may not really be able to grasp the depth of what he's saying now he says we should stand fast in liberty why because we're sons of the free not the son of the bondwoman remember that right from the beginning of galatians chapter 1 one of the things that paul was trying to straighten out was the issue of the law and the issue of faith glory to god the issue of the law and the issue of faith. Oh, my God. Pastor Yemi, I, that. I like that. You know, I know my lineage. I know where I come from. Glory to God. So, he was talking, he was trying to separate between the issue of the law and the issue of faith. Glory to God. And don't forget that when you are the son of a bond woman. You are under the law. But when you are the son of a free woman, you are not under the law. I mean, you obtain the blessing. Remember in chapter 3, he talked a lot about the blessing of Abraham. Glory to God. You know, you obtain the blessing. When you are the son of the free woman, you obtain the blessing by, by faith. But when you are, you know, the son of the born woman, you obtain the blessing by obedience to the law. Oh my god, do you understand that? No, ne- le- let me let me make it clear. You know, I see Dr. Kermi Kiladejo out there. God bless you. Thank you for joining the service this morning. You know, we love you so much. Glory to God. Now, let me let me put it out straight to us. You know, um, some of us we have helps uh in our house, you know, people who help us, you know, with this, with that, you know, and all of that. Now, you have your own children. Now you have those helps, you know, that help you in the house. Now you will realize that you see. What you give to your children, you don't give to your children because even though most of us, we like our children to be obedient to us, but you will find out that whatever it is you do for your own children is not born out of maybe they obey or they do not obey you. Oh my God, I'm trying to bring out something here. But when you have a help, for example, you know most of what you will do for that help will be based on how obedient that help is. Oh, can I make it clearer to us? I hope somebody is getting it. If you're getting it, come on, tap on the screen. It's so clear. It's so clear. Come on, tap it on the screen. If you're getting it, you will, you will, you will send. You will send your child to school. You know, not because they obey you, not because they obey or they do not obey you, you will send them to school. You know I mean, you will buy things for them, you will do things for them just because they are your son. But you see, you will do things for those for that household based on how much they obey you. Now, if they are so obedient, your likeness for them will increase, and you will probably begin to do things for them. But if they do not, you will find out that the late at which you will do things for them will decrease. Glory to God. Can you now begin to see that it's a privilege to be a son of God, to be the son of the free woman and not be the son of the bond woman? Can you see the difference? glory to God so our maker is said Christ has set us free to live a free life so take your stand never again let anyone put the harness of slavery on you come on if you can get the amplified translation for me put it out there now so he's saying that we should stand fast in liberty why because Christ has made us free we are free He said, and we should not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In other words, we should not put ourselves back under the law. Instead, we should function under faith. Now, it will become clearer to us as we go further. Look at verse 2. Now, he says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, he said, Christ shall profit you nothing. Did you see that? Now, remember that in previous chapters, um... If you've been following this I talked about the word circumcision I told us circumcision um, you know is the removal of the foreskin of the male organ now when you see the male organ you know on the tip of the male organ you see you see like a ring around it glory to God there was a skin there that was removed when they were I mean when we we're children when you know babies are born you know I think maybe the seventh or the ninth day or there about you know they remove <clears throat> that foreskin And that forms the ring around the tip of the male organ. And, you know, one of the requirements, you know, uh, for you to be a partaker of of Abraham's blessing those days was for you to be circumcised. Now, I told us circumcision, you know, that's in the natural. But I told us that when they say somebody is circumcised, you know, it goes deeper than just the removal of the foreskin of the male organ what it means when you they say you are circumcised listen to me and i want you to know this point when they say this person is circumcised number one in the natural the foreskin of his male organ has been removed that's number one number two in the spiritual what it means is that that person knows god one <clears throat> now that person has a relationship with god two now that person knows all the laws of god that's that's three now that person now lives. By all the laws of God, hallelujah! Glory to God. So, when you are circumcised, what it means is that you know all the laws of God. Remember, I told us that the laws go beyond the Ten Commandments, it's about the 632 laws that are contained in the ordinances. 632, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5, the most popular one, especially in Nigeria, for preachers who are not. <clears throat> are, who are not, who have not soaked themselves into the study of the word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 5 is always their focus. A man shall not wear that will pertain to a woman and a woman shall not wear that will pertain to a man. Talking about trousers. They begin to focus on trousers and they forget that in that particular chapter also, there are several other laws. That a man shall not wear garment of diverse sorts. What I'm wearing this morning is already diverse sort. This is made of another material. This also is made of another material. Don't read really God. So already, even as your preacher, I'm already under condemnation. Glory to God. So he's saying that, behold, I Paul see unto you that if you be circumcised, he said, Christ profit you nothing. In other words, when you claim that you want to live under all the laws of God, for you to be blessed, that means the death of Christ is useless over your life. Now let me read. Uh, from some of the translations that have been posted. Now, this is verse 2. Uh, Pastor Kenny. He said, I'm emphatic about this. <clears throat> the moment any one of you submits to circumcision, did you see that? Or any other rule keeping system, did you see that? At that same moment, Christ adds one gift of freedom is squandered. Did you see that? That means the freedom uh, that you have in Christ is already squandered. Look at the amplified. He said, once more, I solemnly affirm to every man who receive circumcision as supposed to requirement of salvation. Did you see that? That means you are trying to get yourself saved as a result of obeying the law. Now look at the way... uh, the amplifier puts it is that once my solemnly affirm to every man who receives circumcision as supposed requirement of salvation, that he is under obligation. Okay, all right, we're gonna get we're gonna to get to that point. Glory to God. So when he said in verse 2, Behold, I Paul say unto you that if you be circumcised, he said, Christ you not. I hope you understand it now. That means the death of Christ is meaningless over your life. Because what you are saying by saying that there's a requirement for me <laughs> to be saved, and I need to obey. All the laws of God to be saved. What you are saying, in other words, is that I can save myself. Glory to God. That's what you are saying. You are saying you can save yourself. And I told you over and over and over again during the course of this teaching that if man could save himself, then Jesus did not need to come. But because man cannot save himself, listen to me if you will be truthful. If you be truthful to yourself this morning you will find out that somewhere somewhere along the line you are always breaking one or two or three of the laws of God. I told us it may not be it may not be in your actions it may even be your thoughts. That is how deep it is. Glory to God. So Paul said, if you say you want to be circumcised, if you say you want to be saved by obeying the law, he said, then Christ profits you nothing. Now look at verse 3. He said, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that is a debtor to do the whole law. Now this is where it begins to get interesting. He said, For I testify, verse 3, that everyone that chooses to be circumcised is a debtor to do the old law remember when we were talking about the blessing of Abraham we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 20 28 if you remember where it says that if you obey the voice of the Lord thy God and of that to do all that is written then he began to pronounce the blessings glory to God so in other words you don't do a part of the law you do all of the laws now let me say this: When he says you do all of the laws, I'm talking about. It's not just about a man shall not wear that will pertain to a man and all of that. It's not just that alone. You will have to obey. You will have to obey that if you're caught in the act of fornication or adultery, you are going to be stoned to death. You have to obey the fact that if you're a woman, if you're doing your menses, you don't come among the congregation of the saints. Uh, you will have to obey uh, the fact that you don't wear garments of diverse sort, which means if you're going to wear ankara, everything on you must be ankara, even down to. Your pants and your bras. Glory to God. I mean that's how that's how serious it is. If you're a farmer, you should not practice mixed cropping because your land is going to be defiled. It's also one of the laws. But meanwhile, in this generation, they taught us mixed cropping in agriculture. When you do mixed cropping, your land is the, is also one of the laws. I mean there are there are 632 laws that are contained in the ordinances. Now Paul says, if you say that you want to be saved. You want to stand by obedience to the law is telling you that you are a debtor to do the old law. That means you don't choose to obey part of the law. You must obey all of the laws. Glory to God! You must obey all. Now let me see uh, some of the translations uh, that have been put up. You know here, glory to God. Now it says, um, "Yeah, this is the message." Now, he says, the person who accepts the ways of circumcision trades all the advantages of the free life in Christ for the obligations of the slave life of the law. Can you see that? The slave life of the law. Glory to God. So, when you say that you want to be saved, he said, okay, glory to God. Let me see. Uh, uh-huh, look at this. He said, once more, I solemnly affirm to every man who receives circumcision. A supposed requirement of salvation that is under obligation and required to keep the old law. You are meant to keep the old law. If you say you want to be saved by the law, by obedience to the law, then you are required to obey all of the laws and not some of the laws. Glory to God. Not some. You are are to obey all. Glory to God. Now look at verse 4. He says Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Then he now says ye are falling from grace. <sighs> you know, several years ago, um, in a place of study, when I stumbled across this chapter, I mean verse 4 of the book of Galatians, chapter 5, and I saw Paul talking about people falling from grace. You know, just before then, I, I told us that, see, we must study. Study is very important for the Christian. Okay, um, if you could please go ahead, put your question there and I'll answer. Glory to God, I like this. I mean, it's getting interactive. Put your question there and let me answer. Glory to God. And Mrs. Ikube say thank you for joining us this morning. So, he said Christ is become. Now, look at this. He said, ye are falling from grace. Now, just before I began to study the Bible... Remember I told us, okay, let me, let me take it one step after another. Remember when I started this teaching, I told us that a lot of times we cherry-pick scriptures. And because we just pick a verse that we feel we like, we interpret it the way we feel. Maybe because of that moment or because of our own personal upbringing. glory to God. But you see, scriptures are not meant to be of private interpretation. You are meant to read the word of god in context and know what it is that word really means for example before i began to study and i began to find out some of these truths when i hear they say ah this person has fallen out of grace what comes to my mind is that that person has fallen into sin are you following this that's what comes to my mind that ah Oh, grace, oh, Or you hear people say that, ah, you uh, exhaust grace you fall from grace. Glory to God. What comes to your mind is that that person has fallen into sin. That is what comes to your mind. But can we read again? And you have the proper interpretation of what it means for a man to fall out of grace. Now look at what he says in verse 4 again. He said, Christ has become of no effect unto you. That means the death of Jesus Christ becomes meaningless over your life the moment that you choose to be justified by the law. He said, you are falling from grace. That means (laughs) a fall. Can I define fall from grace to you? What fall from grace means is that A fall from grace is a fall from faith into works. Oh, oh my God. I I wish you would get that. (laughs) A fall, a fall. Okay, I I like this. You know, IBK is asking that does that mean our male children are not to be circumcised anymore? No, it has nothing to do with that. Our male children, you know, can still, uh, you know, uh, be circumcised. Glory to God. But you know, I've told us that circumcision has a deeper meaning. It goes beyond that—that that removal of the foreskin of the male organ. It goes beyond it. It means you know, you 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 <clears throat> you know the laws of God. You are meant to live out all the laws of God. You know, and all of that. Glory to God. But you see. Even though you know all of those things, you are supposed to realize or understand that you are going to be saved by your faith in Jesus, not by what you do or you don't do. Glory to God. So, he has nothing to do with circumcision in the flesh. He has everything to do with circumcision in the spirit. Oh, I hope you got that. (laughs) I I hope you got that now. Please put it on the screen. I get that. Glory to God. So, like I was saying in verse 4, a fall from grace is not a fall into sin, but a fall from faith into works. A fall fall from grace is a fall from saying, I believe only Jesus can save me. And you now fall from there to believe that you are going to get saved because you have done something or you are not going to be saved because you have not done something. Oh, I hope you got that. You see, because we all need to realize as Christians that, see, while we are here on earth, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. What does that mean? That means that, see, if Jesus appears right now, if the trumpet is blown right now, listen to me, you and I are going to disappear and we are going home immediately. That's the assurance that we have in Christ Jesus because a lot of christians are not sure of their salvation and the reason why they are not sure of their salvation why is because they rely on their circumcision ah oh my god i hope you i I hope i because getting it they rely on their circumcision they rely on obedience to the lord Oh, I've done this. I've not done this. I've done this. I need to do this. I need to... They rely on that. But you see, we are saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen to me. You and I are saved. We, oh my God. I hope I can eat this into the head of somebody. You are saved. You, oh my God, you are saved. I mean, you are saved. Like if Jesus appears right now, you will just suddenly see that I'm no longer behind your screen. I am gone. I'm disappeared. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay. Now, this is a doctor's perspective. Dr. Kemi, my God, thank you for doing this. So IBK and others listening, you can read this. He said, just to add, Mrs. Ibukun, that male circumcision has some health benefit. It reduces disposition to some infectious disease. Now, that's a doctor's perspective. So the removal of the foreskin of the male organ even has, you know, health benefits, glory to God. But like I said, the circumcision we're addressing here is not the circumcision in the flesh, but the circumcision in the... The spirit, that circumcision that makes you feel like ah, our our abado abado holy oh ah you know and, and <laughs> you know and that moment when you feel like oh maybe you've done something wrong then you feel ah our holy at this moment are you following this? At that moment when you choose. That you are going to be saved as a result of the law, the Bible says that you are falling out of grace. So next time somebody tells you this person are fallen out of grace, eh? collect them. Because a lot of times when they say that, it's because they feel like that brother has fornicated, or that brother has told a lie, or that brother has stolen, or that brother has lied, or something. Glory to God. A fall from grace is not a fall into sin, but a fall from faith into works. A fall from Jesus only can save me. Don't worry, Jesus. I can save myself. Glory to God. So you fall from grace the moment that you think that you can save yourself by yourself. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 5. He said, though we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. He said, though we, through the Spirit, he said, we, through the Spirit, we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Now, what is the hope of righteousness by faith? You know, I just told us right now, the hope that I have for my righteousness by faith. You know, we've talked about righteousness earlier too. That's why if you have not, if you have not gone back, to listen to this teaching from chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, I mean, I will have to keep explaining things again and again. But for people who have been following, it's going to be easier for you to grasp it. You know, we've explained righteousness too, that there are two types of righteousness. The righteousness you obtain by faith, just because you believe in Jesus, you have righteousness. Righteousness. Then there's another righteousness you obtain by the law. Now that righteousness by the law means you have to obey all the laws of God. After you have obeyed all of them, then they now say you are righteous. But you see, for us, new creations in Christ Jesus will become righteous by faith in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. In other words, the work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, what I'm saying is it is enough for me. So, he said, we wait for that, for the hope of that righteousness. The hope of that righteousness. And what is the hope of that righteousness? The hope of that righteousness is that when Jesus shows up, because I've been, oh my God, he said, Him who knew no sin was made sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. That means Jesus did not know sin, but they made him sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the hope of my righteousness is that if Jesus shows up right now, I'm going to disappear from all of your claim, because I'm going to be gone with him not because of my own righteousness but because of the all of that righteousness by faith that I have in Christ Jesus glory to God oh, are you following this now he says for we through the spirit we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith He said, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Oh my God, he's taking it on a whole deeper level. Did you see that? He said, When you come into Christ, he said, Circumcision nor uncircumcision does not promise. Now, this also answers Ibuko's question. Either you are circumcised in the flesh or you are not circumcised in the flesh. Or either either you obey the law or you do not obey the law. He has nothing to do because immediately you come into Christ Jesus. Either circumcision or uncircumcision, it does not amount to anything. The only thing that works here is your faith that worketh by love. Glory to God. Now let me show us what I mean by, 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 by that. You know, I always tell people this. Especially for people who, you know, who, 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 who tilts. Christians who tilt more, you know, towards the side of the law. You know, they want, they want Christians to, to live out the law. They want them to, oh, be holy, don't wear trousers don't do this, don't do this one. Now, listen to me. We will do all of those things because we are sons of God. I mean, a lion lives like, a lion cub lives, you know, like a lion. Glory to God hallelujah i, I want to see uh what dr Kenny just put up the message translation i suspect you will never What um, kenny just put up i suspect you never intended this but this is what happens when you attempt to live by your own religious plans and projects i like this he said you are cut off from christ you fall out of grace can you see that oh kenny thank you for putting this up is it I suspect you never, you know, uh, people who try to live on the side of the law, it is never their intention. That's what Paul is saying. He says, I suspect you never intended this. He said, but the moment you begin to live like that, Paul said, this is what happens. When you attempt to live your own religious plans and project, you are cut off from Christ. Did you see that? He said, You fall out of grace. He said, Meanwhile, we expect and wait for a satisfying relationship with the Spirit. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religious nor disregard of religious amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior. It's a faith expressed in love. Oh my God, thank you for this. Now, that's the message translation. Did you see that? So we do not, we do not, you see, we do not, you see, in Christ Jesus, either circumcision nor uncircumcision unveileth nothing. It does not matter. Are you following this? It does not, it does not matter. Yeah, I was about to say something earlier. I was trying to remember. You see, for people who teach more towards the side of the law and make people feel like, ah, when Jesus comes back, oh, you may not go with him anymore. Oh, and they put this kind of confusion into the mind of Christians that because of what you have done or what you are doing or something you never do that you may miss rapture ah oh my god oh my god maybe you don't understand some people even preach and they they armor enf- they make so much emphasis on restitution that when you do not restitute you will likely go to hell. Now, what is restitution? Restitution is making amends. What I I mean by making amends? For example, you know, I, Pastor Banji, I used to steal. You know, I used to steal. Now, when I get born again, I need to go back to the people I stole from, you know, and tell them that, see, I stole from you, then I pay back or give them back what I've stolen from them. And they preach to us that if I do not do that, I am not going to make heaven. Now that sounds good, really. I mean, when you hear it, it's logical that eh, hey, at least Do you understand? It sounds logical, but can I can I tell you that God is not logical? Oh my God! Uh, can, did I say that again? God is not logical see the people that were once Christians that became atheists today that no longer believe in God it's because they got to a place they become they became so logical that they begin to try to reason out God and can I shock you your brain your brain is too small to box God and say this is God I would encourage you it will blow are you following me? God is not logical. So when you say, let's sit give back what you have stolen and all of that, it sounds good. It sounds logical. I mean, it sounds, it sounds nice. But you see, that's not the way God operates. Because if God will not allow... Imagine somebody died and said, I saw a woman in hell who the only reason why she was in hell was because of one matchstick. And what did she say? She said, that woman went into the kitchen of the neighbor and took a matchstick and did not tell the neighbor and used it and that's the only reason why <laughs> that woman is in here that's what that person said when he said i went well and i came back and you know i've told us during the cause of this series that even in scripture eh when Lazarus and Abraham died when Jesus was telling us the story the the rich man the rich man said send Lazarus back and the answer was we're not sending them back If they cannot hear the people that are there right now, we're not sending them back. So I will gladly and loudly announce to everybody listening to me right now, most of the people that say they died and they came back with one funny story or the other, it is a big lie. If God did not allow Lazarus to come back according to that story that Jesus told us, then why would he allow them to come back? Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. You don't understand what I'm talking about. Some people come and they begin they say they died, they came back. Then they begin to tell us things that they believed in, that has formed their mindset as a result of their background, as a result of their religious beliefs. Do you understand what I'm talking about? A matchstick. Now, if that story is true, that a woman is in hell because she took a matchstick, she did not even steal it. She just felt like, oh, it's my neighbor's one. Well, let me just take one matchstick and because of that one stick she's in hell listen to me the first person that got born again after Jesus will not be in heaven oh you don't know who got born again immediately after Jesus it was the thief that was hung on the cross with him because that thief looked at him and said if you're a king you must have a kingdom then he said please remember me when you get into your kingdom and Jesus said to him I say to you today that you will be with me in my kingdom in other words after you know Jesus is the first born among many brethren I can tell you that that thief is the second born among many brethren I hope you understand that and that second born after many brethren is a thief in fact he did not have to did, there was no time for him to go about to restitute there was no time to even apologize to the people he stole or killed their son or raped their daughters. There was no time. All that saved him was a conversation. ay yeah 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 ya Listen to me. You and I are saved by conversation with God. That's why he said in Romans chapter 10 verse 10 that if thou shall confess, if thou shall believe in your heart, I, I, I mean if you believe in your heart with the heart, yeah. He said with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confess Confession is made confession is made unto salvation that means you believe in your heart and when you open your mouth and have that conversation with God at that moment you are saved oh my god are you following this I I wish somebody is getting this nobody's typing on the screen again come on type something let me know you're following me let me know come on type on the screen pastor I get this I get this I get this I get this so you see in Christ Jesus, what we do or do not do does not matter again. He said, what is the most important is what he now spelled out for us. Here. He said, but faith which worketh by love. That means the most important element of our relationship with God right now is our faith in God that is expressed by love. Remember that the summary of the whole law the summary of the entire law Is in two things Thou shalt love thy Lord The Lord thy God with all thy heart With all thy heart With all thy soul With everything you love the Lord your God Then the second part Is that you should love your neighbor As well As yourself I mean love So the whole summary of the law Is love God And love the people around you And you know what that means If I love you I will steal from you if I love you, I won't, I, won't, I won't lie to you. If I love you, I won't cheat on you. If I love you, do you understand? So we are going to obey the laws of God, not because it is a criteria for us to make heaven, but we're going to obey the laws of God because our faith works by love. Oh my God. Ay, ay, ay. I hope you're getting this. Our faith works by love. So if you ask me, Pastor Banji, why would you not cheat? I will tell you the reason why I will not cheat is not because I'm not tra- I'm not gonna I-, I will not cheat because I don't want to make heaven. You know that that's the reason for of, of so many people have. Ah, I won't lie you so that I can make heaven. Now. Ah eh? Ah, me, I will not have no so what if heaven disappears? What if there was no heaven or hell? That means you you will have a free day. Oh my god, I'm getting I'm getting into some debts this morning. That means that means you will have a free day. If there was no heaven or not, there was no hell. But he said, "I will not cheat, not because I don't I want I, I don't want to miss heaven, but because I love God. I will not steal, not because I don't want to make heaven, but because I love God. I will not fornicate, commit adultery, not because I don't want to I don't want to make heaven, but because I love God. I will not do. I, I, <laughs> do you understand? Because our faith worked by love. So what drives us is love. And I'm so glad this morning that the service that you're listening to is a service from love." Domain family, oh my god, glory to God. We believe in love here. You know, our slogan is touching you with God's love. We love, we love, we don't in love's domain, we don't discriminate, we don't tell you, hey, this is this, you are this, hey, you don't belong here, hey, hey, you, you. Uh uh-uh. uh, we love people the same way Jesus loves. Glory to God. Now, let's move further. Now look at verse 7. He said, Ye did run well. Who did in that you that you should not obey the truth? Now he's referring them back, you know, to the truth again. If you remember in um in chapter chapter 3, when Paul was calling the Galatian church foolish, he called them foolish, he called them thoughtless, he called them, you know, um, he called them. I mean, use a lot of horrible adjectives for that church. And one of the things that he said was that you know, if you remember in chapter three was that he said they moved away from the truth. Are you following this? Now, he's bringing back that word again. He said, you did wrong well. He said, all in that you, that you should not obey the truth. Now, he's referring them back to the truth. Now, the truth is that this particular church, they moved away from faith and moved deeply into works. They have moved to a point whereby they are now trying to do everything because they feel that what they are doing is a requirement to please God. They feel that it is a requirement to get things from God. They feel it is a requirement to make heaven. Are you following me? They neglected the place of faith. They've forgotten that faith is all that is needed, glory to God. For we walk by faith and not by sight. They've forgotten that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is say without works. When faith is absent from all that you do, it becomes useless. Oh, are you following this? Now, it says, you did one way. He said only oh, did entire you should obey the truth. Then number eight, he said this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. That means their movement into works was not as a result of the persuasion from the one that called them. He said a little liven live the whole lump. Now, look at this. You see, this is one of the scriptures that I said, uh, you know, just like the first one. That I was talking to us about when he talked about, you know, people falling from grace. Uh, I told us that because people have not read scripture to understand the literal meaning of someone falling from grace, what they say is when they say ah, this person has fallen from grace, like I said, what comes to their mind is ah fall into Oh this person is has fallen to sin. But we found out that the fall into grace is not a fall into sin, but a fall from faith into works. A fall from grace is not a fall into sin, but a fall from the finished work of Jesus to saying that I don't believe in it. I believe that I can do things to save myself. That's a fall from grace. Now this scripture also, this verse nine, it says Paul said, "A little living, live net the whole lump." Now what he's saying is that when you have, when you have, uh, when you have a, a whole lump. You know I mean, if you bakers will understand this, when you have. You know, a little living and you know, it, it spoils, you know, it destroys the whole lump. Glory no to God. Now, when people quote this scripture, they quote it from the angle of sin. Ah, oh, my, oh my, do I, I hope somebody is following this. They quote it from the angle of sin. But what Paul is saying here is that their wrong belief about faith and works is going to destroy. All that they think that they're laboring for in other words your belief in your works as a guarantee of your salvation because you think you are good because you think you are perfect that simple belief is going to destroy the whole work of faith that you think that you have do you understand because reading it in context you need to follow the flow of the Spirit, as Paul was writing, being inspired by the Holy Ghost. So when he said, "A little living, live like the whole," remember he began to talk about the truth before that particular verse, which means their movement away from faith into works. Okay, let me let me read. Um, but I just posted, it. yeah, is that like you were running superbly? Who caught in on you? Deflecting you from the true course of obedience. Now, watch this. He said, This detour doesn't come from the one who called you into the race in the first place. And please don't toss this off as insignificant. It only takes a minute amount of yeast, you know, to permeate an entire loaf of bread. He said, Deep down, the master has given me confidence that you will not defect. But the one who is upsetting you, whoever it is, will bear the divine judgment. Come on, I, I hope this makes it clearer. You know, he's talking about, you know, um, you know uh, when you put a little, a little yeast into bread, I think it swells or something. Go with the God. Bakers will understand this. At just a little, a little amount will make the bread to swell, just a little one. Now, he's saying that <clears throat> they, they veered off that line of obedience. That obedience that they had in the first place when Paul first batted this church, this church was an offspring from Paul. They they moved away from obeying and understanding that everything that they do, they do it by faith, not by works. Now, they veered off from it. Paul is now saying that little veering off is going to affect the whole entire work that they have done. But look at what he said. I love the way this one put it. He said, but the one who is upsetting you, that means there's somebody in the midst of the Galatian church that was planting this false belief. Remember, in chapter 2, Paul addressed the false brethren. That's why it's important. See, if you're just joining us this morning, I mean, a whole lot of things may not be clear to you. You will need to go back and start. Just scroll back on my page. You will see chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. Now we're in chapter 5. Well, the way I'm reading it is the way we read it all through. Have your Bible with you and just follow the teaching. So let's go further. He said, I have confidence in you through the law that you will not otherwise, not, not otherwise minded, but he that troubles you will bear his judgment whosoever he is. Now, you see, he said the one who is trying to deflect them. That person is going to receive divine judgment. that's why I said see if a pastor listening to this stop mounting the laws upon the people. let the people understand the grace of God, the grace of God that appeared to all men, the grace that saves a sinner, the grace that, that affect I mean that, that accepts all sinners. There are churches today in the world where that only some type of people can attend that church. What I mean by that is only some people dressed in a particular way can attend that church. Only some people that talk in a particular way can attend that church. But that's not the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be open for all and sundry. For everybody. Black, white, yellow, green, yellow. I mean, no matter the color of your skin, no matter how you are, no matter your behavior, no matter your character, the church of God is supposed to be open for you. Glory to God. Because access to the word of God is what will guarantee a change in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now look at verse 11. He said, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, then why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased? Oh, that's where we're going to end this morning. Then we'll continue from here. <coughs> Excuse me. On Wednesday. Paul said, if I am preaching circumcision, now don't forget that I said circumcision is not just the removal of the foreskin of the male organ. That's not, that's not what Paul is referring to. He's talking about obedience to all the laws of God. And when I say all the laws, don't just think it's the 10. It's the 10 and the 632. Now Paul said, if I yet preach circumcision, that means if circumcision is what I'm yet preaching, he said, then why then am I suffering persecution? Do you understand what Paul is saying? Because if you read in Philippians, maybe we'll start from there. You know, on Wednesday, if you read Philippians, Paul said he was a Pharisee of Pharisee. He said, when it comes to the law, he said I am blameless. Paul was a teacher of the law. He, did, he, he even now went further. He said I am a Pharisee of Pharisee. That means Pharisee, they know deep gun. And you see, if you have ever stayed around Pharisee, a Pharisee, a Pharisee is always conscious of the laws of God. They are always conscious of the love of God. They are thinking, I mean, the laws of God. They are thinking of the laws of God. They are meditating, they are ruminating on the laws of God. Why? Because they don't want to break any of the laws of God. Are you following this? Now, Paul said, and you know, these were the same set of people that Paul was with before. And Paul now began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the people that he was with now began to persecute him. Now, Paul is now saying that if... It is still circumcision which those people were preaching if that is what I am still preaching then why am I suffering persecution do you understand this why am I suffering persecution what that means is that what I am preaching for what they are preaching is different there's a difference between what I'm preaching and what they're preaching and that's why there's a persecution so, the gospel of Jesus is not about circumcision. That's what he's saying. He said, for if it is about circumcision, then I will not have been undergoing persecution. Are you following this? Are you following this? Come on, did you get this? Let me read in closing. You know, um, verse 11, as posted by Brian Mika I think this should be... Uh, uh, amplified, I guess. He says, but as for me, brothers, if I am still preaching circumcision as I had done before I met Christ, and as some accuse me of doing now, as necessary for salvation, why am I being persecuted by Jews? In that case, the stumbling block of the cross to the unbelieving Jew has been what? Has been abolished. Listen to me. All I can tell you this morning is that you need to have the assurance that you are saved. You need to be sure that you are saved. You are not saved by your works. You are not saved by what you've done, what you are doing, or what you will ever do. You are saved by the works of the cross. You are saved by Jesus alone. And that is why if Jesus did not come. We are of all men most miserable. Because the best of righteousness that man has to offer, the Bible says, it's as filthy as rags. And the word translated rags there, in the real Greek word being used in the original scroll as written by John is the menstrual pad of a woman. That means the best righteousness that you can offer, the best of man, is like that soaked pad after a woman has gone through a menstrual period. Listen to me. Never at any point in your walk with God think that because you're so good right now, then that is what makes you qualified. I'm not qualified because of what I've done. I'm not qualified because of what I will ever be able to do, but I'm qualified because of what Jesus did on that cross of Calvary. Imagine it didn't come; then I would have been of all men most miserable. This morning, where you are, I want you to feel the love of God. I want you to feel the warm embrace of God. For if your sin be as red, but they shall be as white as wool when you come to him. Listen to me. That's why I said we need to have proper interpretation of scriptures. You know one of the scriptures that people use to scare people. In the Old Testament. Hear me again. In the Old Testament. Is that God will not hear you because of your sins. But can I shock you. That in the New Testament. Your sin is not what is stopping you from getting close to God. Your sin is not what is stopping God from hearing you. Your conscience, your mind, what they've told you is what is stopping you from receiving the fullness of God. Because you think you are not worthy, so you don't go to Him. You think I need to change something about my life before I come to Him. But listen to me. He says, come to me as you are. Come to me as you are. Because the change will not happen when you try to change yourself. The change comes when you get close to me. As we behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into that same image from glory to glory. Feel the warmth embrace of God's love this morning. For he loves you. In fact, he loves you more than life itself. That's why he could give up his life for you. Jesus said, Greater love had no man than this, than for a man to lay down his life for his friends. Oh, can I make this call this morning? I feel, I feel it like a heavy burden in my heart. If you're out there and you don't know the love of God, you don't know these things. But somehow this morning your eyes is beginning to open. And you see. You don't don't know the Lord. I want you to say this morning to Him. Lord, I accept your love. I accept your sacrifice for me. I accept you died for me. I accept you did everything to ensure that I stay with you. That I be with you. That I ultimately be a part of your kingdom. You did everything for me. And Lord, I accept it by faith. I am saved. By grace, I am saved. Not by works. I leave everything behind. And I follow you. And I keep beholding as a glass. And I'm being changed. I'm being changed in the name of Jesus. Listen, if you pray that prayer with me, I want to congratulate you. I want to welcome you into this beautiful kingdom. A kingdom where change takes place every time you hear the word of God we're transformed we're changed Jesus said you are cleansed through the words that I have spoken to you every time you hear the words being spoken there's a transformation there's a renewal of mind I welcome you into this kingdom oh can we all celebrate everybody who just prayed that prayer glory to God Heaven is rejoicing over you right now Heaven is rejoicing over you right now welcome to the kingdom of the living God glory to God listen to me if Jesus comes right now we're all going with him hallelujah glory to God oh father we thank you for your word this morning thank you the word is yea and amen your word is life and your word is light well thank you for illumination this morning and we we'll thank you for life this morning thank you because we have received health, even in our mortal bodies as a result of your word we give you praise We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you worship. Thank you, Father. I thank you for the life of everyone that prayed the prayer this morning to be reconciled back to you. Thank you for every man, for every girl, for every woman, for every man, for every young, for every old that prayed that prayer. On whatever part of the continent or the planet that they are, thank you for their lives. Thank you because I know you will establish them in your kingdom. That message was from the stables of Love's Domain Family Assembly. Senior pastors are Pastor Banji and KG Oladipo. To reach this ministry, send a mail to family at gmail.com. Remain blessed.